Welcome to this next episode in the podcast of Hasper Baptist Church. We are doing a series of interviews, and right now at the time of recording, our church is hosting a missions conference where we have brought in different church planters from different parts of the world. And for this episode, I am joined by Brad Summers. Brad, thank you. Oh, that's great. I uh, love Hasper Baptist. Well, we love you, brother, and we're thankful to partner with you in the gospel. Uh, some of you around here know who you are, some of People don't. So for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you came to Christ, anything about your family that you want to, just a little intro bio type stuff. All right. Well, I uh, grew up in New Brunswick, so I'm an East Coaster. Um, you're from there. Some... I'm from away. Like That's right. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. And I, uh, I ended up, we ended up in uh, Maine as my first pastoral role full-time for about six and a half years. We had one one child there. And okay. then we, as a lot a lot of people know, then we ended up in Cambridge. Yeah. So we're in Cambridge for almost, I guess, a little over 10 years, I think it was. How did you wind up in Cambridge? So I was a youth pastor in Maine, and then okay. um, we did a, a missions exchange trip, okay. which was really fun. Mm-hmm. So a uh, youth group from St. Thomas, at a fellowship church there, okay. came down, uh, a youth group from Moncton, okay. a friend of mine, uh, came down from Moncton, New Brunswick, to Maine, and so, and then we all went to Moncton, and then we all went to all went to St. Thomas. Okay. And got about it. a year later, I got a call from the guy in St. Thomas saying, hey, there's a church yeah. on the south end of uh, Cambridge. There you go. And they need a youth pastor, and okay. I think you should, you should show up. So. Okay. Uh, how long were you there for? About uh, a little over ten years. A little over ten years. Yeah. So yeah. So some of our folks will know you from there, and yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people in in Cambridge that you know. So backtracking a little bit from you being in ministry, how did you become a Christian? Uh, so my dad. Uh, well, so I, my, when I grew up, I grew up uh, in really a backwoods uh, part of New Brunswick called okay. the Miramichi, yep. uh, which is a name of a river uh, in New Brunswick. And uh, my dad was an alcoholic when I was really young. Okay. Uh, so he and my mom were just struggling. Sure. Uh, you know, brand new, married, had okay. two little kids. I was the oldest at the time. And I was only probably at that time, it was only like three or four. Got it. And um, yeah, my, my God just grabbed hold of my dad's life. Praise just God. phenomenally. So uh, he would often drop us off. So my mom was struggling. And so she started to walk down the road because mm-hmm. my dad was a young construction guy. Okay. And uh, oftentimes he wouldn't come home right after work on right. a Friday. Sure. He would stay and sometimes would come home Saturday. Okay. Um, so it was, it was getting worse and worse. So my right. dad was away at the bar yep. a lot with guys. So uh, so she was getting frustrated and she was getting ready to like leave my dad at that right. point. So um, my mom decided, well, I'm going to walk down to the little church down the road. Wow. So because she just felt like she needed help. Wow. And um, she had some church background. My dad also had some, some church background. My grandmother used to take uh, all eight boys. My, my dad's one of eight boys, so okay. no, no girls in the family. Okay. So, oh, that poor lady. <laughs> it was a crazy home, yeah. So used to take uh, used to take the boys to Sunday school when they were really young. Okay. My dad had not gone to church for forever sure. at that point. And uh, so my mom, my mom walked to the church, and she wasn't sure when to go. So she went. She saw cars on on Wednesday night. So oh, really? She started going on Wednesday wow. nights, which is that's a strange time to start going to yeah. To and that's church. about as untrue as you can kind of get. I don't yeah. know when to go. I'm gonna wait for the cars to show up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she walked the boys down. Uh, me and me and my brother, 
And I remember uh, several old ladies would just surround us and play with us. Really? And then looking across the room, I remember uh, several old ladies surrounding my mom. Oh, wow. And Beautiful. Just, just praying for my mom. Really? So that was really neat to, to see that. Sure. It was, and it probably happened maybe three, four months. Okay. Um, and then so one, obviously she, like, this was meaningful to her to keep going back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then she started like attending on a Sunday. Okay, okay, got it. So, but she was going on, she was going first Wednesday nights and then she started going on a Sunday and I think being encouraged. Mm -hmm. um, I think she did uh, have faith when she was really young. Right. Um, but really didn't become real until around that time sure. in her life. So. Yeah. Uh, and then she, um, yeah, I mean, just kept praying. My dad one night on a Sunday night, so we, by then we were going Sunday morning, Sunday night. On a Sunday night, he dropped us. Mom asked him to drop us off at church because he was going to the bar. Okay. And he said, yes. Yeah. So we got in the car. He dropped us off. And then he went down to the bar, mm -hmm. his favorite bar, which is about 20 minutes away. Okay. So he went down. And uh, he's. I've only heard his testimony a couple of times, but he said he was sitting at the bar. And because he's, you know, one of eight boys in a little village, mm -hmm. he's sitting at the bar. Everyone knew him. And uh, he said this guy walked in and looked across the room and said, hey, that's John Summers over there. And dad looked over his shoulder. He didn't know who it was, uh, which is odd also. In a yeah, sure, small, small time. So, so um, and he said, you know what? Uh, his his mom, they grew up religious, but he's just an alcoholic. Wow. And no one had, like, informed him that he was an alcoholic really? at that point. And he said it was. It was literally like uh, God reached out and slapped him. Wow. He, usually he'd just walk across the bar and smash the guy. Sure. He was angry, so... He just watched, you know, usually that's what he would do, but he said, God just, God just reached out in that mm, moment. Amazing. He it said, sounds like that, you know, that verse in Corinthians, it talks about, you know, people's, uh, like the, their, their thoughts, their, like being revealed and yeah. they fall on their face. Yeah. Like surely God yeah. is in this place. Yeah. And that's, sounds like that. that's exactly what happened. He got in the car. He might've been a little half cut. Yeah. Uh, drove up to the church, parked the car in the church parking lot, and then walked in the church and walked down the aisle. No way. So. Wow. He, this is. <laughs> yeah. He didn't Incredible. know. He didn't know if they were like taking up the offering right. or singing or. So you can imagine, uh, you know, my, you're in there. Your mom's in yeah, there. Yeah, my mom's like, in what there. What is he doing? And all of a sudden, this guy, you know, starts down the aisle. Everyone's turning to look at this guy. Sure. And you know, it's mom, mom's like, "That's my husband." Wow. So it was definitely a miraculous work of God. Yeah, absolutely. Saving him. So that weaves into my story because I'd say. That changed the, the gospel in that moment right. changed the whole history of our family. I bet. In that moment. Yeah. So well, praise um, God, that's what the gospel does. Amen. Yeah. So it was a very significant moment. And then uh, a couple of years later he sold everything that that they had and they okay. went they went to Bible school. So <laughs> he was all in. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I came to Christ when my mom and dad were at Bible school. Okay. Uh, in a little uh, MBBI in um Sure. In New Brunswick. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, amazing. So she led me to Christ around the table, and really? and I, it was a really, uh, it was really affirming moment. Like I knew for sure, um, right? And I was telling everybody uh, about Jesus at that time. Okay, and I, it was weird because even at that young age, probably seven, uh, probably not quite eight, even at that young age, I felt like I need to tell people this. Mm, this is something okay. I'm, I'm called to do. I'm called to tell people. Right. Right. Which so, is true of every Christian, so you got that yeah, <laughs> from an early age. Absolutely, but it's obviously manifested more fully or differently as, yeah. as life has gone on for you. So yeah, so that's how I came to Christ. No, I don't think I've ever heard you tell that story. I don't think to I me have, personally. No. So thank you for sharing, brother. What a blessing to hear that. Now you've kind of gone sort of full circle because you started down east, came to Ontario, yeah. 
now you're back. Tell us about where you are now, the city you're planting in, uh, a little bit about uh, that looks like. Fun fact about your city, yeah. you know, tell us, tell, tell us those things. Yeah, so when we left Cambridge, we had five, we arrived with one, left, left with, with five. five. Um, so Cambridge was really a flourishing <laughs> place for us. For sure. <laughs> so uh, ended up, we ended up uh, parachuting in. So okay. I, I spent a summer there the year before we moved. Okay. Uh, like in, in the north end of Halifax. What year so. was this? Oh man, you roughly about you kill me for dates. Sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, other yeah. people could do the math. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Good. Yeah, I went to Bible school, so <laughs> I didn't same. have to do yeah. math. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we we parachuted in really. Um, so we went there just to say, does this city need hmm. a gospel-minded, focused, Christ-centered church? Great question. Or because there's there's thousands of churches. Yeah. In Canada, but sure. in, in Nova Scotia, there's thousands. Mm-hmm. So. But so many of them have lost the the depth of the gospel, and it's right. really become about being good. Right. Um, and that's what we discovered, and we have been continuing to discover that. Really? Okay. Um, Which doesn't save. Right. right. Yeah. So so we thought we need to be in a place where we can um, plant a church and then become a beacon for others to be able to plant out of us, so where right. we can raise up planters in a sure. difficult place. Yeah. Like, like it's a, you know, where we are is very, it's high-risk community. Okay. Uh, but it's also uh, lots of post-grads okay. there. So we got several universities there. You know, mm-hmm. we have more than 30,000 students in the city. Okay. And um, and we're really trying to to raise up planters who can engage with a culture mm-hmm. and see people come to Christ okay. and, and raise up churches that way. So, so I would argue there's probably two ways you can plant a church. One is uh, plant a church service. Sure. Right. Yep. So you can plant a church service, and and some places need that. The church, sure. the church needs a renewal, a revival right. at times, right. and right. and so that may be, you know, that may be what you feel called to do is to plant a church service. We always felt called to plant a church. You have to be a missionary. Okay. So you have to sure. get into the community, yep. engage the community, and raise up people from within that community. Sure. Uh, it sounds very much like one of our other church planters with twenty schemes. Same thing. If you want to come to our church, that's great, but you need to move into this community. Yeah. If you're a Christian already, don't yeah. just drive in, drive out. You gotta, you gotta come in. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you want people to learn the culture, uh, and 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 what is that? What are some sort of cultural um, factors that you uh, have maybe didn't have to learn because you're from there? Or but if someone was coming in to where you are, what are some of the cultural components they would have to identify with? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think so. So I think there's a there's a big difference between like where we are in the city in Halifax because mm-hmm. it's it'd be much more you know it's metropolitan, it's uh, much more liberal, it's right. um, very secular, mm-hmm. right? all those kind of things, yeah. right? So so that tends to be the the makeup of where we are. So if you're going to plant, uh, and I think more and more in a Canadian culture, yeah, uh, if you're going to plant in a Canadian culture, especially plant in the way of uh, you know, raising a church up from within the culture. Yeah. You have to learn to engage yep. with that um, and do that in a, in a way that is uh, kind sure. and, uh, you know, thoughtful, mm-hmm. uh, but still without compromise. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, I, and I don't think that's, for most, you know, people who've grown up in Christian homes or that's not, it's not normal or it's not, uh, right. it, it something has to be learned, yes. I think, along yes. the way. Yeah. So, and I don't think it matters if you're at a public school or to Christian school or homeschooled. Uh, you still have to learn you to do. engage, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. What was the moment in your life 
that made you decide to become a church planter? So you were a youth pastor, mm-hmm. and you go back for like sixteen years a youth pastor, which okay. is which is like this is twenty five like, dog years. <laughs> it's so true. There yeah. aren't many sixteen uh, year youth pastor no. veterans no. out there. Absolutely. So good for you for your longevity, and perhaps the Lord was. Preparing you for what you're doing now yeah. in that regard. But, uh, yeah, what was that moment where you're like, I want to plant a church? Uh, so I was uh, probably about eight years into uh, being at the established church here. I was feeling a pretty holy discontent. Okay. So Great um, phrase, by the way, holy discontent. Yeah. I enjoyed like, that. Like, uh, and we wrestled through it. We, my, my wife and I both, we talked through it quite a bit. We prayed through it quite a bit. Good. And we, we heard, and why I say it's a holy discontent is because... Um, God kept telling us just stay. We we knew mm. that we were we were called to go, right? And we knew that this wasn't going to be kind of the final stage of sure. ministry or the sure. or the ministry that we're going to be at for yeah. and much longer. Uh, but He just kept telling us like you have a lot to learn. Okay, so, so wait, 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 yeah. Wait. So I've really that's why I would say it was a holy discontent. Right, like right. like we were not discontent con- discontent with the people or those we were serving. Of course, but we did know that this wasn't kind of the right. This, and we wrestled through that, like, hey, God, I'm okay with being a youth pastor for as long as you want, or an associate pastor for of as course. long as you want, sure. uh, to be able to serve your church, whichever way. Um, so we felt that holy discontent. Okay. Um, and it was kind of funny, because I was on a missions trip with a bunch of kids in the jungle of uh, Belize. My wife was home with our little kids at the time, uh, and so I was there for four weeks in the summer. Okay. And we were both uh, reading uh, similar passages in the Bible uh, while we were apart, and I remember when I was flying back home, flying over this jungle, and I was—I remember just starting to weep and th- feeling mm. like God's calling me. It's, this is weird. God's calling me to an urban setting. As you're flying over the jungle. I'm flying over the jungle okay. after coming out of the jungle for right, four. Right. And one of the things that really tipped that is here's these kids in my my brother was a missionary there, so um, we we're engaging a lot with with the kids there. Yeah. These kids in this urban setting or in this uh, jungle setting. And they're all trying to be what they've seen on TV, like the mm, urban, okay. the right. hip hop right. world, all that kind yeah. of thing, right? And that's what they saw as successful. Mm, okay. And that's what they hoped to be in right. their life. Right. So you're seeing that as influencing beyond the urban center. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, if you can go and influence for the gospel there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That the that the uh, the, the trends and the you know culture begins. And and seeps out right, of right. these kind of urban sure, centers. Sure. So so praying a lot for that and praying that we would plant more churches that would have a gospel impact right. uh, in the urban center. And and so we yeah, and Shell was feeling uh she wasn't quite as clear on like an urban setting, but she was clear by the time I got back, I said, Honey, I'm I'm thinking about some changes. And she goes, I really have felt affirmed uh, that hmm. we need to okay. within the next year or so we need to start moving. Okay. And so, so and you're both I love the just the the means of grace mm-hmm. uh, present, right? You're praying, you're reading scripture, you're reading the same things in the scripture, mm-hmm. which uh, God's word does his work yeah. Yeah. by his spirit for the glory of his son. And yeah. that's what's happening in your, in your life, which I've, you know, a similar story with Aaron and, and Zach mm-hmm. and their church planting, yeah. you know, how that how that sort of was sparked. Coming was, together as couples. Yeah, coming yeah. together, reading the word of God together, mm-hmm. and that was informing and driving. Yeah. And so I'm hearing that also for you mm-hmm. and for Shelby as well, which is amazing, and that's what God uses, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Good. Uh, if you could go back now to that moment, to those conversations you and Shelby, yeah, it's time for a change. That, that ends up being church planting. 
If you could go back to that moment and talk to yourself, mm. what would you say? Oh man, I could say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the one of the biggest things uh, after being a church planner for for the sixteen years and raising up other churches to send out of our own church yeah. and other planters, right? And uh, we like we've seen some miraculous things happen and some amazing things happen. Um, uh, so I, I think one of the big things is, and it, it probably didn't, it probably didn't hit me until maybe five years in, mm-hmm. when I was uh, reminding God how much I had <laughs> sacrificed. <laughs> Always a good idea. Yes, exactly. Reminding God how much I had sacrificed for this church to take off and right. become five, six hundred people in right. the city and make right. make large ripples in the world. Sure, and right? yeah. It, <laughs> So, I mean, that would be my big thing is like, hey, mm. and that's why I tell all like guys who come along to intern with us to be planters or, or just ministry. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, church planning is going to kick the expectations out of you. Okay. So that's great. That would be one of the things I remind that's myself. That's like a bumper sticker for, for church planting yeah, exactly. right there. Yeah, I should have a... <laughs> you should make a shirt or yeah. a hat or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it did. I mean, that's uh, as I was reminding God of how much I sacrificed for his church, he's like, mm. uh, wait. Uh, yeah, I've sacrificed. Recall more. my son. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sacrificed more. Sure. And so, and it was just I had to wrestle that through it, like around mm. year five. Okay. And just like uh, die to self. Right. In that. Right. So. And there's no substitute for experience mm-hmm. in those things. I mean, I hear you're passing it on, you're imparting it to other aspiring church planters. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lesson that just needs to be learned yeah. because you do have hopes, expectations, yeah. dreams. Well, we train them to like. Set out a vision mission. Sure. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, the, we yeah. train them to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And those can become idols, right? You can become yeah. enslaved to those things, and all sorts of crazy things can happen when yeah. you start serving those idols uh, as any idol uh, yeah. in, and in you, life. Yeah. And you just, uh, the other, I mean, we're learning, I think, you know, create the vision mission and then hold it with an open, open hand. Open hand. Yeah. Right? yeah. Let, let God do whatever He, sure. he has planned sure. to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Caleb, one of our pastors, is often saying or praying is that. You know, we we take steps, but the Lord establishes them. Like mm-hmm. we make plans, but the Lord yeah. directs the steps. And so yeah. that open handedness is absolutely key yeah. because you have no idea yeah. how God and His sovereignty is going to use whatever it is that you do to serve Him. So, yeah, yeah, so that's true. helpful. Thank you. Uh, what are some of the uh, aside from the dying to self? Maybe you've already answered this question, but you might have other things you wish to say. What are some of the hardest parts you've found of being a church planter? Um, and is that the same question as being a pastor, or is there something right, different right. there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I think so. The, I think there's a uh, there's a great advantage in being a church planter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd start there. Like great advantage in the fact that uh, you get to work through the systems. Right. You're not inheriting. Yeah. Sure. Systems. Blank page. Yeah. So you get to work through all those systems. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to uh, you know. See how, how does membership get played out? Right. What's that going to look like? Yep. How do I shape that? Yep. Uh, those kind of things. So that's exciting. I love that. I'm, I'm entrepreneurial by nature, mm-hmm. so I love that. Um, and uh, I like. I just want to move on to the next thing. Okay, right. what what's new what's now? Next? What's yeah, next? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So that's I think that's one of the pluses, mm-hmm. which is also obviously a negative. Mm-hmm. Because there's no one else to blame. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, you're in 16 years now, and it's yeah. like, why didn't we maybe yeah. do it that way? Yeah, or, exactly. And then now you're revitalizing, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true. And you're, you're, already, like, you're already making shifts, Yeah. right? You're, you're 
you're already reaffirming things, right. and you're already like, ah, I think we can be more open-handed on that. Sure, sure. Uh, on that thing. So, so I I love that part. One of the things I think that maybe you and I've talked about before is uh, it it doesn't matter if you're in an established church or a new church. Mm-hmm. There's always something from a human point of view that that the uh, the church feels precarious. Yeah, it sure. always it's always feels like oh man we're one business meeting away mm-hmm. or we're one for a church planter it's like we're one week away from right. not having any funds sure. or we're one week sure. away from not having any people or yeah. or I you know and they might be things that someone would bring to you like I'm concerned about this and you're like I know yeah I was concerned about this three months ago yeah <laughs> like welcome exactly. to the party <laughs> yeah absolutely and you, and you feel like at any moment it could in from a human perspective it could fall apart sure. Uh, so I think also that's an, that's something else that is both I find in church planting and pastoring things are so joyous. Yeah. So church planting, I would say, would be the the thing that we've enjoyed the most about in any ministry we've been involved with. Right. But it's also like the hardest. We've had the yeah. most tears over. Mm. Right. Okay. And the most all, all night like prayer. God, right. what are you going to do right. here? Right. Uh, in that same time, so so you could really resonate as I think any pastor could with Paul's phrase. Sorrowful yet rejoicing. Yeah. yeah, and he was a planter. He was a missionary. Yeah. He was a pastor, and so yeah, when people ask you how are things going at the church, well, I'm rejoicing about A, B, and C. But if we talk about this long enough, I'm going to weep over yeah. D, E, and F. Yeah, like, that's just yeah. the constant reality. Yeah, and I think uh, being a pastor and elder, I think one of the things you have to recognize being a pastor or elder, you get to experience the first fruits. Sure. So if the first fruits are bad, so right. so what what uh, other guys have said, like you're you you're signing up for the front row seat of human depravity. Yep. So you get yep. to walk into that with other people yep. and call sin sin and yep. walk along people with gentleness and kindness, but yep. still holding them to the yep. truth Grace of God. Grace and truth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But also you get to experience the first fruits. Absolutely. So yep. right now, for instance, we just planted a second church out of our church about. Three, four weeks ago. Wonderful. So this this week will be the fourth week. Really? Okay. Praise the so Lord. So we've sent twenty eight people out. Great. We're not a large congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, before COVID, we were we were uh, a massive congregation of one hundred and twenty people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after COVID, yeah. uh, and that's when we started our church plant in resident right okay. before COVID, and yeah. then COVID hit. You move into wow. the neighborhood where he was going to plant. And then a lot of time to start. There's going to be books and legacies told about the pastor during the COVID years, or maybe there's worse things to come. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, true. And so, and then, uh, and then we come out of COVID, and we've gone through just a ton of uh, like just God calling people away. Okay. uh, Some dear friends uh, who started with us uh, getting burnt out and Mm. disgruntled, and uh, and leaving. So that's one of those really hard things. Those are hard things. People you plant with, you, you know, I think sometimes I've heard when I started planting, hey, the people you're with five years from now, they probably aren't going to be there. Right. But they weren't, in, they weren't encouraging us to like love them well. Mm. They're encouraging us to be like, be careful. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So, like arm's length. Yeah. Kind of deal. That's what I came across as. Mm. It wasn't directly said, but, sure. it, but it was that right. feeling. Right. right? And, uh, and we really invest it and we, we try to invest in the people that were with us. Um, Good, and so these these dear friends of ours who our kids grew up together and all those kind of things, uh, you know, that's another difficulty is watching my kids have to mourn right when people leave, yeah, or yeah. or when relationships are are precarious, right. uh, or when you send people out purposely. And so you're sending right. them out purposely, with an open hand, and, yeah. yeah, with an open hand, and you're excited to see them go, and 
uh, you'll be there. You're going to support them and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. But mm-hmm. that's a real that's a real that's difficult yeah. thing. I think you. One of the things I would encourage church planters or those feeling called to ministry is you've got to you've got to stay humble before God so He keeps your your heart soft. Right. To those because things. you're going to have to navigate all of those things and and it, nothing and not to diminish anything that you're saying at all mm-hmm. because I, I I can relate to a lot of what you're saying here. Not although not in a church planting context. But you read the New Testament and you see just these relational dynamics, yeah. right? You have Paul like, recalling Timothy. And mm-hmm. There's tears. Yeah. Uh, the Ephesian elders kneeling and praying yeah. and crying because they're never going to see Paul again. Yeah. And then you've got the other things like Paul and Barnabas are like, no, oh, we're going to go our separate ways yeah. for a season. You yeah. know, this seems like there was some reconciliation there with Mark and, yeah. and later with Paul. Uh, Barnabas too, and then you've got Demas who just abandons, and yeah. so you have all sorts of things going on, and yeah, you're signing up for that. Yeah, yeah, you are, and and it's glorious. <laughs> Amen. So we're um, we're in this same as we've let this church go, and so I've been through the mourning already. Right. So I, I've already felt the first fruits of mourning. Right. Our church is just beginning to feel that. Yeah, they're over a the last bit month. You, sure. Right. They're a little bit behind. So, which is such God is so good. Like. Like they're a little bit behind on the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm coming at the other side, going look at the fruit. Yeah. So I'm reminding of the fruit. Like yeah. we've had some tremendous fruit. We've had, uh, you know, two, uh, three guys, one family, uh, two single guys who've just kind of basically walked in off the street and wow. said, I've, you know, I'm 26, 27, and uh, you know, I I just talked to a, someone in your church or another guy. I talked to someone in your church four years ago. Whoa. And. Uh, I, I told him no on Jesus, and I need Jesus. Wow! Like just, <laughs> just completely out of the blue, Amazing. right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. so we we have a baptism coming up with this with this guy. His wife hasn't come to Christ yet. He's okay. got two kids. He's been an alcoholic, and four years ago, uh, he was working for one of our guys, and the guy said, "Well, have you tried Jesus yet?" Wow! And he's like, "Don't talk to me. I don't want to do, have anything to do with Jesus." I'm sure he didn't say it quite so politely. No, exactly. And now he's in that guy's missional community. <laughs> so, <laughs> which heaven just rejoices over, exactly. right? And we should too. Yeah. So, like, like those kind of things. So, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying my best to remind people, rehearsing. Hey, yeah, God's grace is ahead of us. God's That's grace right. is ahead That's of right. us. So That's good. So, as they mourn those friendships, those folks who've served with us for the last seven, eight years. Right. right. Uh, you know, reminding, hey, the kingdom's sure. not done. No, like, it let's is. Keep no, going, so. no. And I mean, I, I think this should be encouraging to you as a shepherd that you're ahead of the flock mm. and you can shepherd them through that morning to that other side, which yeah. is exactly what we're called to do, what you're called mm. to do as a shepherd, which is beautiful to hear. And uh, there's also this glorious aspect of the church will all be gathered in one place at one time around the throne. Yeah. And I can't wait for that day. And yeah. we won't have these yeah. heartaches and yeah. these sorrows because it will only be joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. Can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about the, so not a little bit, you, you, you have a, you want to train church planters. So you're not thinking about one church, right? You're thinking, you're going in thinking about like this church plant has to become a, planting church and that's happened on multiple occasions not just with this most recent one um so maybe you have some insight into this is why aren't there more church planters and what do we have to do to see more raised up Mm. i think that's probably a deeper answer that i can give (laughs) i'm not that deep (laughs) Um, Uh, 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 untrue but anyways (laughs) uh so uh in that i think it's hard like I think that's part of it. It's hard. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. think it's hard. It's a hard calling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Um, but I also think, uh, even though even though it's a hard calling, I think sometimes uh, the church in its context, and maybe the context that that Christian kids have grown up in, mm-hmm. also make it harder than it is because okay. because they they separate. There's a separate separation between the pastor and the church. Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. so that makes it hard. Yeah. I mean, who who really wants that? Right. You know, uh, and maybe in a Canadian culture, that's that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't tend to want to be known as the hero. We want to be the hero, obviously, <laughs> but we want to apologize for it. Right? So, <laughs> that is the Canadian way. <laughs> yeah. So, so like I, th- I think that's part of it is like how helping young men and women. So we started this thing called Mature and Multiply. Mm-hmm. That's through the Acts Twenty Nine in the Fellowship Atlantic. Yeah. Um, it's a two-year program, and okay. and the idea is our region has done. Terrible at raising up people okay. from within our own churches. Okay, we just have not done well. Sure. Like we're always looking for people from away. Yeah, uh, we're sure. always looking away uh, for people to come and and uh, and that's it. That's not healthy. Like no, because you're you're basically dependent upon other churches doing what you're not. Yeah, yeah. And then you're also like the the learning curve, right? Because yeah, sure. you come into Atlanta, Canada. It's not the same as Southern Ontario. No, it isn't. So there's a learning curve mm-hmm. and. The other way too, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, and that takes several years, right? For that learning, yeah, curve. that's not, yeah, yeah, sure. And it, I mean, it's not quick to raise up leaders, but it might be quicker, yeah, to do it from within your own congregation than for someone to come in. And we're talking about English, yeah. Like someone might have to learn another language, or you know, the the cultural divide is far greater. Yeah. So you have all of those those issues. Yeah, yeah. You like, seem to me to be a very intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word you would use about yourself or not, but. I mean, last night there was a conversation you had with my 14-year-old son. Hey, why don't you come and do an internship in Atlantic Canada? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've never considered that before, but you plant the seed. Mm. is how That's your aim. You're trying to be yeah. intentional. So it sounds like there's a lot of that going on in your life. Yeah, So, so, and that's one of the reasons why we developed this Mature and Multiply. Great. So it's a, uh, it's, a proce- it's a program. It's Actually, it's borrowed with permission from uh, the 20 Schemes guys, where they okay. do the Church in Hard Places. Yeah, sure. Where you have a book a book a uh, month you read. Mm-hmm. We've ad- we've adapted some of those books. Nine okay. Marks has been great. They've given us all the PDFs for free. Oh, they're of, still of generous, books. which is great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and this year, uh, starting at the end of this month, we've introduced a woman's side to that. Fabulous. Because, uh, you know, we want to we raise up leaders within the church. Amen. You yeah. Know, Brothers will, and sisters. Yeah, right? people who yeah. mentor and <laughs> care for and lead others. So... And impact our churches. So, so we had we had last year we had six people go through that, and we do, did it online. It was uh, one morning a month. Okay. Um, they had to write a paper. They had to send it in. Great. Uh, one of the one of our coaches had to read the paper. They corrected it or mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they would meet with the person one other time. Okay. So they had two meetings a month. Yeah. They go through this book, um, and the books are very gospel centered. Sure. Uh, but they're also very practical, right? right. It's so. Right. So orthopraxy and orthodoxy are yeah, mixed, mixed together really well yeah. in those books. So, so and we had some really like really transformative moments. Like uh, one guy um, who lives. So we had f- uh, three different provinces that were okay. involved, um, and we tried to get together three times a year face to face. Okay. So there's some face to face time as well. But one brother, um, his his marriage was a mess, was a wreck, mm. and uh, he was hiding it. And after about month two, it's started to come out. Good. We started to pray for him. Good. Uh, I, I was his coach, so I'd connect with him. And uh, over the run of that year, as we came into kind of our last face-to-face, he was just kept rehearsing that, like, God is 
God is miraculously saving my marriage. Ah, wonderful. He has just transformed. So, so, so he'll he'll probably never be a church planter, right? But exactly, but exactly. he's being discipled as yeah. a man, as yeah. a husband. If the, there's, the Lord has given children or does as yeah. a father, yeah. he's, a, he's a dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah. that's and fantastic. he's and he's has a new longing for his church. Great. Like I need what I what I'm having with these guys. I need on a weekly basis. Yes. Yes. With my church. That's great. And that's what we're pushing towards. Good. Right. Fantastic. And then we have another young guy who is alongside of us, and uh, he actually came to Christ through our church. Okay. Um, but he moved outside the city. Okay. And so he was online, and uh, he's leading a missional community with a few people that who are from our church, yeah. who uh, have begun to attend another another church there okay. that's kind of struggling. And we're just praying God just raise mm. up raise up this man. Yeah, sure. And uh, so and he this past year he's like I think I think maybe church planting is in okay. Life. He's hugely entrepreneur, like what. Yep. Way too much, probably. <laughs> sure. So he probably just start a church and then go and, and start then, another church. And start hey, another the church. Lord raises up people like that too, right? Yeah. They're not necessarily long-term shepherds in one place, but it's like <laughs> yeah, they'll go and start works and and other locations. And but I think good. that's one of the obstacles. Like, who's investing? Right. Who, who's just calling out? So like your son. Yeah. Right. Uh, sure. I mean, you in our culture, we hope our dads are. I'm assuming that you are yeah. <laughs> investing yeah. in your kids, yeah. but. In our culture, that's just not the reality. No, like, no. like a lot of dads aren't. Right. Um, a lot of moms are struggling to survive. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so to have a setting where you're actually so, you know, I'm a proponent of youth group. Right. Right. Yep. And youth leaders who are engaged. Yeah. Uh, in right. the kids' lives. So, yep. like, and who will say, "Hey, uh, what do you want to come alongside? What are you thinking? What do you want to read this together? You want to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And not." Not so much a program as much as uh, the context of relationships. That's right. Christ, it's just so. discipling. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like Ephesians four, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah, and then who knows what arises out of that. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's one of those things that maybe churches have gotten away from is right. we've moved more to programs, perhaps, and yeah. to gathering yeah. numbers. Yeah, because uh, yeah, a multitude of programs does not necessarily disciple make right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and and that may be one of the reasons why, you know, I mean, we went through the eighties, nineties. You were what, fifteen, but I was there. Um, five. <laughs> Just I kidding. Was, fifteen in the nineties. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and that's that's what was pushed to us, like church growth, church growth, church yeah, growth. Yeah, it was a lot of pragmatism, right. a lot yeah. of growth, uh, those types of things, which I see a shift away from in yeah. some circles at least anyway. Yeah. And that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah I think so good. too. Wonderful. Anything else you want to say about church planting? Before we wrap up? Uh, so I I would say this. Uh, I think sometimes churches believe they have to have a certain number. Okay. Before they plant a church. Yeah. So um, I've, my challenge would be like find a community and pray for that community. Okay. Just start praying for that community. Like, okay. Like especially uh, if you're a church of three or 400 people, you have people probably coming from with outside of your community Absolutely. a bit. Um, challenging them to say, hey, adopt a community for your, right. for your prayer right. life. Yeah, that's and good. And getting three or four people to adopt that community and pray for that community. Sure. Um, no matter how big they are. Yep. Um, on that same note, I would say uh, if you're a church like ours that's planting and sending all the time, mm -hmm. uh, and this is what's the ex expectation kind of being kicked out of me is I thought we'd grow to four or five hundred and, and then, then plant do a church. Mm. And God challenged me because He just would we would raise up people would come to us like forty percent of our congregation have come to Christ through relationships in our church, Wonderful. Uh, and He'd raise up these post grads who finally would get married and stop living together and. And right. they would come to Jesus, and they started having families. And they're like, well, I got to go back home. Yeah. Um, or I got a I got a new opportunity for work because they're postgrads who started their work. Sure. And God was just like, 
taking them mm. out of our congregation okay. constantly. Okay. We'd raise them up to become elders. And you're like, mm, but and, not for your local uh, church, yeah, exactly. for another local yeah, church. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So true. And um, so even in that regard, like realizing it isn't it isn't about numbers and it isn't just about like how many churches you plan it. Right. Like, right. Like you gotta care, pastor your church well. Mm-hmm. We have to we have we've had to learn to pastor our church through mourning. Like, right. like we gotta give them time to mourn. Yes. Let yeah. God continue to rebuild his church. Right. It's um, just like you know, an established church might be. Hey, we we've reached the five hundred mark. Right, that's been our goal. Sure, a church plan can be well. We've planted three churches. Right. Well, in the meantime, your core people are like dying. Like <laughs> like they're they see you coming and they're scared. Like, they're like <laughs> he's going to ask us to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't, don't don't do that. Don't talk yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> we won't have him over. <laughs> so like there is that. Like right. being really sensitive to what the Spirit of God's doing, sure, in, sure. Your, in your church and in your people, and then letting Him lead, and it can't be based on numbers. Good, right? I appreciate that. So, I, and I, I think uh, one of the things that we're trying to challenge our region, especially our established churches, is uh, stop thinking they have to come to your church and start praying, God, how, yeah, how will you help us, yeah, use them to plant a church, yeah, in that good. needy community. That's good, and that's one of the things we're thinking about here is that. In the last few years, we've seen a shift in that I think roughly 20, 25% of the people who come to Hespler don't live in Cambridge. Mm. But that's a sad reality in many respects. I mean, I'm glad people seem to be hungry. They're saved. Yeah. They're coming here because they're being fed. Yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. Uh, that's by His grace. But it would be great if that could happen where you live. Yeah. And so that's what's stirring us up to think about, okay, how do we raise up? And provide like in pastoral internship to yeah. residency opportunities so that we can say, okay, you know this guy, he's been here for two years with us. Then yeah. all of you, off you go, yeah. go back to where, and and just see healthy churches begin to yeah. spiral out. Because yeah, we don't need a bigger, whatever name of your churches. We right. need more churches. But I think the beauty of that, I think something you can really key on, is you have a DNA in your yes. church yeah. that your region needs. Sure. Or they wouldn't be coming. Right. So they're longing right. for that DNA. Yeah. Right. And so it's more than just setting a setting a church service. Exactly. We're, we're not just going to set you know Hesper Baptist over on that's right King Street in Kitchener. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, um, first of all, you couldn't call Hesper Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be that, weird. That, that wouldn't work. <laughs> no. Uh, it'd have to be King Street Baptist because Baptists call things after towns or streets. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's but but that DNA. You you you're sending the DNA. Yes, that's right. Right. That's right. And so you send the DNA, and this is one of the things that we've loved lear- learning about church planning. You send the DNA over there, mm-hmm. and then you allow that you you help that group for two or three years to become missionaries to their area. Right. And then as they mature, the DNA grows up, but it looks different. Of course, it will. It looks you know just like your son doesn't look exactly right. like you. There's, That's right. There's a double DNA yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, and the church looks different, so it becomes the church that that neighborhood needs, needs exactly right as yeah. opposed to it's not cookie cutter yeah right? it can't be shouldn't be yeah, it shouldn't be yeah yeah because yeah. if it is then you're just attracting you know more church people yeah exactly as opposed to like the culture of where, where you that in. church is yeah, yeah that's good good well that's a good last word brother we're so grateful again to partner with you in the gospel thank you for your encouragement to me today and just helping me think and grow and understand better mm-hmm. what it is that we're doing and uh we're praying for you and cheering you on and May the Lord use you greatly to uh, raise up other church planters and see people one to the kingdom of God's beloved Son. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Do you want your clap for